Hello, welcome to the latest episode of Ray Guns and Go Go Boots. Uh, with me, as always, is Rick. Hello, sir. God damn it, Rich! I don't care how many people are on that planet. We're going down there. Yeah. Oh, I mean, hi. Hi. <laughs> this is the one. There was no fun intro we could do for this one, was there? So it was. It's no fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was. I can't. You know, if we if we did a video version, we could do the sort of the, on this week's episode explosion, explosion, <laughs> whatever. But no, there's no audio based intro fun thing for this. So. No. Welcome to the show. That's it. That's all you're getting. <laughs> yeah, we're we're. If you haven't read your uh, your inbox yet, folks, uh, we are doing Space 1999 this time. Yeah, we are. Oh yeah, yeah, we are. <laughs> this is going to be another one where my inner child weeps openly. I think I might pleasantly surprise you. You know, I don't. Okay. I don't think I'm going to be anything like as damning as as. Maybe I've led you to believe I might be. So, <laughs> well, I, I will grant you that this was not as soul-crushingly painful as Lost in Space was. Yeah, I mean, that, that I watched too, and it was straight away onto Facebook. I'm not doing this. I'm not yeah. watching anymore. Just forget it. Just whatever. We'll talk about what I've watched. <laughs> um, this one, I've, I've, I've watched them. For, say, for, like I said to you uh, just before the show, uh, I've not gotten to three or four, but well, I'm. I feel okay with that. Yeah, I still feel qualified to discuss this. Yeah, as uh, you know, if you think Star Trek: The Original Series didn't have any continuity, uh, this show zero. Uh, aside from the first episode, uh, there there is no effective order. There's no real development of any characters. There's no developing storyline. Uh, you you could watch them in any order at any time and get as much out of them as as watching them in broadcast order, which I believe I did. Um, I don't know the order that I, I watch them in uh, some kind of order, but it's not the order again, like with the prisoner that was listed on IMDb. Yeah, um, they're totally out of order. I don't know if it's the difference between the UK and the US release dates. That feels like it might be a thing. Um, it could be. Because this is another British show. Yeah, it, it is. Oh, well, have, did you get a chance to do any, any reading up of the history of it? I, I, I did, and it's been such a while, so feel free to refresh me. Well, okay. Uh, what happened was in... Oh, and I don't have the dates in front of me. Let me... Let me grab the wiki article. I did read this ahead of time. I promise folks. I just, uh, uh I don't have it up. Um, it was the late sixties and Jerry Anderson had a fairly successful TV show called UFO, which is actually the inspiration for this show, believe it or not, because I, one day last year decided to go back and look for episodes of UFO. Cause I remembered really liking it as a kid. And uh, it was it was one of his few live action shows. Um, let's see, uh, oh, 70, Okay, we're, we're sorry, not the late sixties, early seventies, because uh, Space nineteen ninety nine started for, in nineteen seventy five. Um, and Jerry Anderson, who we know from from uh, uh, Thunderbird, Thunderbird, no, that's 
Yeah, yeah, that's Jerry Anderson, Thunderbirds, uh, and all of those super marionation puppet shows, puppet people in in rocket ships and stuff. By the way, have you seen the trailer for the new Thunderbirds movie that's coming out? I have not yet. No. Oh my god! <laughs> I didn't know there it's, was a new one coming out. Yeah, it's it's computer generated, so they look a lot like the the marionettes uh, from the original show, and the ships are perfect. They're the they're exactly the same. I saw it today, and I had a little squee. <laughs> see, now I'm from a an unusual generation that doesn't have much of a link to Thunderbirds. Believe it or I thought not, it did a big rebate, uh, like resurgence in England a few about two decades ago, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, as I was in my late teens, early twenties, and uh, far okay. too old for Thunderbirds, so I I kind of missed. I'm I'm too young for the original, and I'm too old for any sort of relaunch that that happened. Gotcha. I did, however, watch a crap ton of Stingray when I was little. Okay. That's a, yeah. See, that's exactly where I am with Transformers. Everybody's all into Transformers, and I, that's exactly where it landed in my life too. Was yeah, I was I was too old to watch cartoons because i hadn't realized that that's kind of silly and if you want to watch it watch it but yeah whatever um yeah but but, uh, but J- jerry anderson is a, a sort of a british institution yeah very important guy and uh and U- ufo was a really was a, a real popular show uh it was about it took place on Earth and the moon. You, you'd be familiar with the purple moon women, purple-haired moon women um, on their moon base. And it was all about aliens trying to attack Earth and, and harvest people for their organs. It was really pretty dark, especially considering when it was on the air. And it was supposed to get a second season. And right before that was about to happen, the ratings took a nosedive. And uh, let me make sure that I'm getting this right. Yeah, it was it was uh, Jerry and Sylvia Anderson. They wanted to do a a second season or a second series uh, of UFO, uh, but uh, the the uh, the studio, oh, ITC Entertainment, uh, who is the studio, uh, uh, they wanted it to take place more more on the moon than on the Earth. Uh, because ratings showed that moon, the, the more moon-centric episodes proved more popular. And, you know, like I just said, you had the purple-haired moon girls uh, in, the, in their go-go boots and mesh uh, yeah. tights and stuff. Um, and so they were getting ready to tool up for this second season, and then the, t- the, the ratings tanked. But they had all this work done on this moon show. And so uh, then Anderson just wouldn't let it go. And... Uh, proposed this new series and after several meetings and and discussions and ideas and this will work this won't and stuff because they originally wanted to blow up the earth uh but itc was uh, was like no that's too much of a bummer yeah uh, so eventually they settled on a moon base with a nuclear you know with a nuclear waste dump the nuclear waste dump blows up and knocks the moon out of orbit and then we have you know adventures with the people on the moon base as they travel through the world the universe um granted the concept is ludicrous. <laughs> um, I'm surprisingly okay with the concept. I, you know, the science didn't bug me too much. At, I, granted, I watched this show. Let's see, 75. I was 11, so anything with spaceships was was cool in my book. Um. Uh, so you know, I watched Space 1999 religiously, uh, and it never even occurred to me. You know how how ridiculous it is that the the moon is actually getting anywhere, let alone being knocked out of orbit and staying in one piece and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, 
And there were a couple of episodes where they like fell through some sort of spatial anomaly that drop kicked them a few million light years. And so that's that's how it happened. But it for some reason, and I haven't really found uh I mean, it was a British show. Everybody on the show was British or European except the two leads. And that came down from above. They wanted the leads to be American. Um, I think that's because they uh, – oh, okay, yeah. They were aiming to get the U.S. networks to pick it up. They insisted that they have American leads and employ American writers and directors. It Um, really helps. I I, I don't know what to tell you, but it it really helps. Hmm. There, there are new. It's, it's why Steve McQueen's in The Great Escape, for goodness' sake. Hmm. You know, it's throughout uh, British-made media. Throw an American guy in, so we can sell it overseas. Yeah, that's. I, I just think that's kind of sad. I, I don't now, know. They, it's. It is what it is. I suppose. Yeah. Um, not. I mean, you know, it was funny as I was watching it. There was, I mean, there was an incredible diversity in the cast. Everything about this show is great, in my opinion, except the stories. And that's kind of, we'll get into that later. But I did notice that, you know, there was a lot of diversity in the cast. You know, you had the, you the, you know, John Koenig and and Helena Russell, um, um, Martin Landau and Barbara Bain, who were actually married at the time. Yeah. Uh, as your as your leads, and then you had Bar- Barry Morse as as a uh, oh shit I'm blanking on his name Doctor Victor Bergman Bergman thank you <laughs> uh, and then you have you know a lot of Asian people a lot of uh, you have Italians and Russians and and uh, uh, I don't know that they had anyone that was explicitly French that I recall but just a, just a very well rounded. Uh, representation of people um and let, yet every oh, go ahead let, let's face it this is a star trek ripoff exactly but yeah yeah that, that's that's where it comes from of course they were ethnically diverse and that sort of thing and could get on perfectly well especially when there's no french people around <laughs> but did you notice that Koenig, and I had to laugh in one of the last in the uh, one of the last episodes. Uh, Bergman actually stops Koenig and says, "Shoot first. That's not like you." And I'm like, "Bullshit! It isn't." <laughs> yeah, the man. Like, yeah. Anytime anything came within a parsec, launch an eagle. Let's go blow it up. Um, this, yeah, that's this. Look, there's so much I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, right. Okay. Um, no, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm getting you off track. We need to. I'm not foc. I'm dragging you off with my lack of focus. Please okay. f- finish talking about the history of the show, and okay. then we'll go off. Sorry, I'm getting excited. That's <laughs> that's okay. I'm 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 going off on tangents too. So, um, so it premieres in '75. One of the cool things is their their special effects were awesome, and, and there's a reason for that. One of the reasons for that is that the special effects director was a guy by the name of Brian Johnson, and I don't know if you recognize that name. I do. You do, but you I know don't know where, where from? from. No, I just recognize <laughs> just recognize the name. He uh, he was he and his team that worked on on Space 1999 also did the effects work for Alien. Ah. Uh, and then he went on to become very instrumental at ILM uh, doing the Empire Strikes Back. All right. Okay. That'll be where I've heard these 
names. They also shot the show on at Pinewood, uh, where Star Wars was. Uh, a lot of Star Wars sets were as well later on. Yeah. Um, and they also they saved a lot of money on visual effects by doing pretty much everything in camera. It was all with models, uh, basically hung on strings. There were it. I, I one of my notes here is that uh, the, the cheesy sets not helped by higher definition, <laughs> and uh, occasionally you would see the, the the wires making the eagles fly, but all of the all planets right. were actual models. Uh, all of and all of the you know all of the spaceships were were actual models. And rather than do blue screen and compositing kind of stuff, they just did everything. They did multiple passes, and they would film the eagle, and then they would film the planet, and then they would film the star field. Uh, the only drawback to that was, and and I hadn't noticed this until I read this article, was that nothing could fly in front of anything because otherwise you'd get like this ghostly image through it. Of course, yeah. Uh, so it's sort of limited what they did, but I think that overall, especially given the, the the time that they had to do this, and and you know, not the hugest budget in the world, I think the the visual effects for the show really hold up well. Um, I I do as well, and I I think that um, especially with it being Jerry Anderson stuff, they've already done Thunderbirds and Stingray and Captain mm-hmm. Scarlet and etc. And the the special effects stuff isn't a million miles removed from that. No, no, you it's know? the same same process. You know, this is um, someone and, whose and, whose film career so far has involved making things look pretty good. And you know what? Thunderbirds still looks pretty good unless there's fire or water. True. Yeah, neither fire nor water miniaturize. So. Yeah, you can't make little fire. That's the problem. No. And many people <laughs> think that's the reason why human beings are the size we are. But that's another debate for another time. But <laughs> okay. yeah, you, you because if we were any different sized, fire would be difficult for us. If we were really little, you know, a big fire would, fire still burns like it burns. So yeah. it's difficult to deal with. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's like, it, it, you don't realize till you read The Borrowers. Have you ever, are you familiar with The Borrowers? I, I know of them. I've never read it. Little tiny people that live in your house and, and make things out of stuff that they borrow from us. Uh-huh. And there's there's always things like, and they let a match and they use it like a big torch and go walking along and stuff. And like, no, it's still a match. It would still burn out in five <laughs> seconds. Yeah. And they'd be incinerated. That's why you can't have little people. It do, it just doesn't work. So that was one hell of a tangent. <laughs> but the special effects in Space 1999 are actually pretty good. Yeah. And the, the eagles the time. are iconic. In mm. in science fiction circles, even if you've never seen an episode of Space Nineteen Ninety Nine, I'll bet you you knew about you've seen the Eagles before. I recognize them, but I didn't know they were from that. Yeah. In fact, um, we had an incident this morning of re- of Allison realizing that even though she remembers and knows nothing about this show, just suddenly remembering that her brother had a load of toys that were all Space Nineteen Ninety Nine toys. It was the little yellow uh, Argo thing that reminded her. Oh, the little the little moon buggy. Yeah, yeah. So we ended up looking that up, and there were there were loads of toys for this show. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I would you know even today I would kill for an eagle. Um, I I would say, uh, and folks, you're more than welcome to disagree with me. That aside from Star Wars and Star Trek, the Eagles are probably the most recognized space vehicle 
from a television series ever. They're definitely up there. Mm-hmm. Definitely uh-huh. up there. The only other thing I can think of that's a possible contender, maybe something Battlestar Galactica related. Mm, nah, well, yeah, now. Maybe, maybe something Buck Rogers related. But I'm not even saying those are more recognizable, really. I'm just saying, you know, if we had to compile a list. Yeah. Um, those, those eagles were surprisingly versatile ships there, weren't they? Yeah, um, yeah. Both being used as, like, fast-responding fighter f- craft and sort of tractors and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. That was where I, this was one of the areas I started to have problems. It was, believe it or not, I'm fine with the premise. The moon flies off into space. Yeah, fine, whatever. The, that's your premise. I'm okay with that. And how we get there, it wasn't too ridiculous. But it was like, are these ships like trucks or what? Because they're doing everything with them. So pick one. And that bugged me. Well, that was the thing about it is they essentially were, were patterned after like cargo choppers. Yeah. Where have you ever seen the big choppers that don't have a middle? They just have different modules that fit inside the middle of the of the of the helicopter. Yes, yes. And so that was the thing. If you needed a fighter eagle, they had eagles that were that were uh, fitted with weaponry. If you needed a uh, a truck just to haul freight across the moon, they had modules for that. Uh, and pretty much all of the eagles, although there's one episode uh, where we later find out there's a there's one survey eagle that has no weaponry on it. Um, but for the most part, they're all just you know, multi-use vehicles, depending on what that middle rectangle shoebox is that you put in the uh, attached to it. And they, they get through a lot of them, was the <laughs> other <do>. thing. <laughs> yeah. In fact, this well, was, you know, they get through a lot of, lot of stuff in general, including crew, that you sort of think, after a couple of weeks, they'd just be like Koenig and his, <laughs> his missus and maybe two, three other people left. You know, yeah. there's, there's an episode they lose 120 people. And you're like, how many people were up there? <laughs> and for you to just go, oh, 129 people are gone. The corridors won't be any quieter, though. It'd yeah. still be busy and, up here, you know. And the next episode, there's still, I'm responsible for 300 people. Yeah. It's like, no, mate, 120 of them died last week. Are you delusional now? <laughs> is, this, is this your PTSD? You know, just too much and i think this is a result of it being the you know there isn't it's reset at the end of every week and that's yeah, you know that's yeah, so it much. doesn't matter what order you watch them in 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 star trek voyager they acknowledge the fact that this is a crew isolated from its its uh, home base so they mm-hmm. have replicator rations they don't fire any photon torpedoes unless they really mean it because there are no more photon torpedoes You've got those ones and that's it. And these guys were like, have we crashed another seven eagles? Never mind. You know, <laughs> yeah. We'll get some more. Is Bob dead? Uh, it doesn't matter. He was, he was Bob 17, you know. We've got so many Bobs up here. Thought uh, a few more. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, that, that reminds me, actually. I really like that, that they all had British names. That there were no weird names. It was Bob and Alan and Graham and Paul and all this stuff. It was, it was great. There was a Ron in there. It, yeah, yeah. yeah. Loved that. Loved that. About we, had, it. we did have Kano, the, the computer guy. That's true. 
no, sorry, computer guy. No, the yeah, I, that that was like, why are they treating it like it's a person? I don't because <laughs> it doesn't even have a personality. It's not. It wasn't like like Kit from Knight Rider or something well, like that. Towards the end, it started talking, but like in the first fifteen episodes, it just would spit out those little papers every now and then. I did also want there to be someone whose job it was to go around and sweep that all up at the end of the day. <laughs> but it occurs to me, I'm not sure how advanced technology was in terms of making electronic text appear on a screen in that in 1975. I, it feels like I don't know that that might have been doable. So even as a simulated, like, here's, we can see a computer readout, even though it's not really a computer doing it. Um, I don't know that they could have simulated that. Yeah, I think it, it, would have been, it would have been animation, which would have been slow and expensive. Yeah. So, of course, yeah. And that's why in, in Star Trek, the, all the displays, they don't display text and readouts because that you couldn't even simulate that. Nothing displayed readouts. Yeah, and and that sort of thing. Everything was literally just flashing lights. Um, that I've I read the story. One I can't remember when it was, but the story of Steve Wozniak pressing a key on a keyboard and a, a letter appearing on a screen, and it wasn't that long before I was born. Mm. And so yeah, it wasn't like you could just go, "Oh, let's pretend it's a computer." Yeah, a computer was a flashing light in nineteen seventy five. Yeah, yeah. And and, I, and, I forget you know, that. I, I that, do forget that. That was still that. the day of punch, the, the days of punch cards and, exactly. and magnetic tape. Yeah. Um, and so you can't really blame them for getting it all wrong, can you? Although they weren't that. I like the communicators. That was With the com locks. Yeah, that was. They were good. I I kind of have a love hate relationship with those because yeah they're they're great for almost everything they do except the stupid door opening. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. That just seems a little. It always struck me as being kind of kind of silly. Yeah, the the ray guns were good as well. Oh, I've always loved those lasers because yeah, you know, nothing, no other show ever had the balls to make a ray gun that didn't look like a pistol. <laughs> That's it. They don't have to look like a gun. They're not firing a bullet down a chamber. So exactly. they can be anything. Um, and yeah, it, it doesn't happen all that often. Even Star Trek didn't really move away from that. No, no. Um, maybe a little bit in Next Gen, but they brought it back with the phaser rifles and all that sort of thing. And that's just yeah. the Federation, the Starfleet stuff. Well, everyone else had guns, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think my, my, my big problem with the show is that it was so, uh, well, I'll, I'll just read you my first, uh, three notes that I took bleak, boring, and humorless. Yeah. And I, you know, I loved this show as a kid, but I, you know, it's funny. There's only one episode that I watched that I remembered seeing before. And that was the one with the big tentacle monster. Right. I remember that thing and I remember it, you know, swallowing people and then spitting out desiccated corpses, which of course, you know, traumatized me as a child. Um, How aimed at kids was this? Cause there's a lot of stuff that first of all, kind of shocked me a bit when it was in it. Um, 
there's there's melted faces. There's all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it, and it is dark. There's also the occasional sexy bit. Um, there was one I, I can't. I think it was the Ian McShane episode where you, it cuts to a shot that is filmed through a, a woman's bare legs. Yeah, you know, I didn't. Yeah. What? What? I okay. Seventies. Well, yeah, that's what Alison yeah. said. Oh, it's it's the seventies. Like, yeah, but there hasn't been another shot since that or or before it like that. So it it wasn't the sexiness of it. It was just it seemed extremely out of place and 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 sudden. You know. Um. You know, I know that I watched it as a kid. I also know that it was. You know, I was not normal. So I'm not sure how aimed at, at I, I don't think it was aimed at kids. I think that this was trying to be an adult show. Right. Um, but, you know, they, they, they had everything right. They had the look, you know, despite the fact that none of the buttons do anything. I don't think you could probably tell that on the TVs in the 70s. Um, I used to, <laughs> that was just bugging the hell out of me. They'd go to push a button and it was just a little square. <laughs> yeah, know, nothing the, labeled either. Wall. Oh, Noth- yeah. yeah. Nothing labeled. Um, you know, the, the, the costumes were awesome. Uh, the, the uh, they had top notch actors. I, I never once thought there was a bad performance, uh, but just every script was such a bummer. And, you know, even Star Trek at its darkest, there would be comic relief throughout the show. And there yeah, was the, none in this show. You no. know, the, the only time they ever smiled was just about, was like before everything was just about to go completely to hell. <laughs> There were there were some nice moments. Um, Koenig did seem to have some level of humor. He wasn't too dry. Um, I don't think you'd hate working with him. That that sort of thing. But yeah, Kirk Spock and McCoy had a much better time. Yeah, and, and they were so obviously trying to create that dynamic with with Koenig, uh, Russell, and Bergman. Yeah, and it just it it just never was there. I mean, look, I can sum all of this up with three words. British Star Trek. It's <laughs> yeah. kind of like Star Trek, but everything's just a bit crap. That's that's what it is. It's We'll try and do this, but we didn't quite manage it, and we'll try and get this other thing together, but it will not, not quite get it. It was just like Star Trek, but just a little bit grayer, and like you say, less funny and less exciting. It was, it's such a slow moving show. No. Oh, that, yeah. That's what's been the only really difficult thing to watch about it. I think you could cut at least 10 minutes out of every episode. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, one, another one of my notes, maybe 20 minutes of story per episode. Yeah, that, that, that's about right. And the, there's a lot of sort of long shots of things uh, that you could just half immediately um you know when i say i think you could cut 10 minutes out that's without cutting a line of dialogue yeah. you know there's yeah. there's just so much extra stuff in there they didn't need to be anything like as long as they were um or did, they could have you, they could have just done some more complicated storylines yeah did you did you see the episode where they were falling into the black hole and yes. it took them two-thirds of the episode of just sitting around freezing to death and being being uh trying to resign themselves to their imminent doom. Yes. That that I think was the worst uh offender in this area. It was just like get on with it. You know, how long are Koning and Bergman going to sit there with that with that bottle of brandy? 
long, or, long, long time is the yeah. answer. It's always the answer. It's going to take a long time. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, you know, all I said, I, I didn't dislike it. I'm, I'm not, I'm not here to, to knock it down. It just had a lot of faults. And I think it stands to reason that it ran for two series a long time ago. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't hate it. I really genuinely didn't hate it. I liked the characters. I liked Koenig as a commander. Um, you know, it was, it was okay. I, I guess I, I, well, okay. If we had recorded this show when we were supposed to on Wednesday, I think I would have been a lot more vehement in my dislike of the show. Right. But, but over the last couple of days, cause I, you know, I finished watching the show on Wednesday and then today's Friday. Um, over the last couple of days, I've actually found myself missing watching it. And as much as I'm bitching about it, I, I, I still love the show. It's just, it's, I guess it's kind of like loving your brother. Who's, you know, who's kind of an asshole most of the time. Yeah. You still love the guy. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That, that's kind of what it's like. And it's got, it's got some nice guest stars. Oh yeah. Quite a lot. Did you, know? did you get to the Leo McKern episode? I did. I Good. did. It was, it was, I was uneasy having him in it and I was much happier when it just became like the voiceover of the machine. And cause that's how I feel used to him talking, you know, mm-hmm. um, asking for information. Um, <laughs> but Brian blessed was in there and Joan Collins and was in there. <laughs> Julian Glover was one guy. Uh, Christopher Lee and Christopher Peter Lee. Cushing. Yeah. Ian McShane. Did I say Ian McShane? Um, who else? Bernard Cribbins. I haven't seen Bernard Cribbins in it. That must be a season two episode. Yeah. Now what I recall of season two from being a kid was that it was very different and I didn't like it. I know I didn't watch much of it. Um, I'll, but, uh, I will, I'm going to actually watch an episode or two just to sort of see how different it is and in what way. I'm I'm tempted. I've been I've been a little busy. Uh, things at work have gotten kind of crazy, and the kids have been in rare form of late. <laughs> yes. Uh, now the but, the one thing I was I was kind of I was bringing up earlier, but you were right. It was good to to wait till we got here. The, the cast was very diverse, but they all sort of fit into special niches. You know, you had the, the Americans, Koenig and, and Russell, were like the, the cowboys. They were like, shoot first. Well, Koenig was, was just, you know, damn the torpedoes. I don't care who's on that planet. I don't care how dangerous it is. We're going down there, damn it. <laughs> um, Russell was, was fucking useless. Pardon my French. You know, for, for being... You know, I, for being a top-notch doctor, she falls apart at the slightest bit of stress. Yeah. Um, for for being a doctor, corpses seem to really mess with her. Uh, she's not good, is she? No, she's not good. <laughs> I I did not have. I would not have the faith in her to keep me healthy that I would have in McCoy or Crusher or if anyone ever in Starfleet. Actually, um, yeah. Even Dr. Pulaski. You know what? I'm watching. Go ahead. No, you know, you go go ahead first. I was just going to say, I do rate, I always rated her as a doctor. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm currently watching the second season of next gen 
and I'm finding I don't dislike her as much as I thought I did. I will. Go, I'm going to go over it again and and see how it. Yeah, the the problems with her are not her fault. You know, Diana Maldor does a great job. Yeah. Uh, it's just the writers kept trying to sort of make her into a female McCoy, but it's not as blatant as I remembered it being. So I'm, I'm, I will give it a go. I've just got some, uh, I've got four series specifically to watch for uh, make it. So, which I'm going to crack on with now we've done this. Um, cool. And amongst that, yeah, we've already done all the next gen. So that's, that's sadly not on the list. Um, but Voyager season one is so that's oh, gonna that's gonna that, be fun. That does not hold up. <laughs> I, I am not looking forward to that. Not looking forward to it at all. And it's it's all damn Stora's fault. He's numb to it now. He's numb. He's still all you can watch at his house is Star Trek. Oh wow! He's got he's he's recently moved into his own place. And uh, yeah. he has a TV, and plugged into that TV is a DVD player. There's no internet. There's no Netflix. There's no there's no <laughs> terrestrial television. There's no cable television. No satellite television. Just a DVD player and a television. And the only DVDs Mike's has are my Star Trek DVDs that I lent him <laughs> a couple of years ago. Um, and so he comes home from work, and he puts Star Trek on. That's that's all there is. <laughs> well, there are worse ways to spend your life, I suppose. There are, but I, you know, and I even said this on the the last make it so we recorded that I have to acknowledge that there is no human being on this earth watching as much Star Trek as Michael <laughs> Storer is right now, because every no one would do that to themselves if they had a choice. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I, I, the 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 rest of the cast on Space Nineteen Ninety Nine. The Brits, for the most part, are the voice of reason. Yeah. Uh, or, or a little bit of, of open-mindedness in, in Dr. Bergman. Uh, although um, Paul sometimes flies off the handle, especially when he's eating some mushrooms he shouldn't have. Um, and then the biggest hothead in the bunch is the Australian. Now, how Alan Carter was ever allowed to fly a, an eagle with as insubordinate as he is all the goddamn time <laughs> baffles me. Is he Australian? Yeah. I think so. My Australian gosh, he is. I d- how have I... <laughs> Seriously, how have I watched 20 plus episodes of a TV show and not realized that he's Australian? And he is. I'm looking at him on IMDb now. He was born in Sydney. <laughs> that's that's as Australian as it gets. That's just all there is to it. And I I don't get. I, I never picked up on it. I thought he was English. Hmm. Uh, maybe, a, I don't know. Maybe it's just that Australian accents are close enough to British that he he just sounded normal enough to you. No, because I can hear Russell Crowe and Paul Hogan. Okay. Well, yeah. You know, I, I will grant you his his accent wasn't isn't all that thick or all that strong. So I'm going to have to yeah. sit and watch some more of this damn show now. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I'm my, our favorite character here was, uh, Victor Bergman though. Barry Moss. I, I, I had some problems with him just because I, I, I really didn't feel like the actor was taking the part seriously. 
he doesn't he doesn't he isn't like somebody over there is he i've been trying to figure that out actually because uh, i don't know him by name uh okay. and and just trying to look back over his imdb there's i i don't know um, but yeah, he's got that in the title credit, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I just don't know to be honest. Okay. It's, it seems very odd. I'm, I'm going through it now just to check just to recheck his IMDB and there's nothing that stands out, um, as being a particularly big thing. Seems like he was in a lot of stuff in America. He was in The Fugitive. Hmm. Uh, for oh gosh, 119 episodes. Right. Oh wow, he doesn't come back in season two. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I just I just saw that as well. Um, yeah. Which I'm now. Well, they got rid of him. How do they get rid of anyone on this show? 300 people <laughs> die a week. <laughs> you know, they're all back next time. It's so bizarre. Um, so yeah, I don't know what they do with him, but I'm I'm looking forward to finding out now. But I am going to watch some more of this. My favorite character is Sandra. Um, Sandra Benes Benes played by Zian. Oh Jesus, <laughs> Ziania Merton, uh, the. Uh, uh, Asian-looking girl on the on the on main mission. I keep wanting to call it the bridge. Um, it's the bridge. She, yeah, <laughs> she's one of the more popular characters. And in fact, uh, there was a I don't know if it's a fan-made thing or what, but there's a uh, kind of like a, a Space 1999 epilogue that she she did. It's just her on the main mission set kind of recording this, we, we finally found a planet and we're all leaving and I'm the last one here kind of thing that I saw a few years back. Um, I think she was a fan favorite. Right. Uh, She's been in lots of stuff, actually. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, and is still working today. Mm-hmm. Oh, she was in the Sarah Jane Adventures, Coronation Street. Yeah, East yeah. And EastEnders and The Bill, they've all been in The Bill and Casualty. Gosh, lots of British TV here. And Bergerac. Wow. We'll never do that. Well, it's not sci-fi, so. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, we wouldn't. But, wow, she's been in lots of stuff. She was kind of the seven of nine of Space 1999. Yeah. Although there were a lot of very attractive women sprinkled around that didn't really say anything and just sort of wandered in and out of, out of shot. I, I will, I, I did like the egalitarian feel of the show. Um, but there was also, if somebody showed up that had a, a, an other than American or British accent, they were probably the one that wasn't going to be alive at the end of the show. Yeah. There, there, there was a lot of stuff like that. Uh, I can't remember one of the later episodes. Um, uh, he says, because there's no order. Uh, one of the ones I watched towards the end uh, that starts off with two guys you've never seen before going off in an eagle. And they're like, yeah. bye, <laughs> hope you have a safe trip. And I'm thinking, they're not having a safe trip. No, they're going to be dead. Space Brain, where yeah. it gets crumpled down into a rock that, and thrown that, back at this. That was mm-hmm. the one. It was Space Brain. Yeah. It's like, they'll be dead before the opening credits. It's like, Alan's uh, not on that ship. Nobody's coming back. 
Yeah, poor bastards. They don't know. They don't know. Bless them. Or, or the one that Christopher Lee was on, where suddenly we have this this Earth Commissioner who's n- we've never seen him before, but now he's just being an absolute bastard to Koenig the whole episode. That one bothered me, you know. Um, just the concept, and I mean, oh, like em- emotionally bothered me. Yeah. Like you're no, you're just going to be shutting that box till you die in maybe a day or two, and yeah. They'll wake up in 75 years and go, oh, that didn't work then. Never mind. (laughs) Christopher Lee's not going to give a shit and no No. one else can do anything about it. Oh, that was, that was really dark. That that was a rough one. Yeah. That was, that was Edgar Allan Poe all the right, all the way. I imagine had I seen that as a child, that would have kept me awake at night, lying in bed, thinking about that. Yeah, being trapped I, in a box till you die. I honestly don't remember. I'm sure I saw it, but I don't remember it. The like I said, the only thing I remember seeing that the only episode of this that has any connection to what I that I'd seen before was the one with the 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 the, the monster, the the big tentacle monster thing, um, Dragon's Domain or something like that. It was called. Right. I think and that, again, that that one was towards the end of my order. I think that's one oh. of the the ones I haven't seen. Oh, okay. That was like the fourth or fifth one for me. Yes, it um, is. I, I see it on the the uh, the IMDb listings. There, it's it's yeah. I think it's it's broadcast order. Okay, in, in the country, I think that must be the differences. I'm just checking out now uh, which ones I actually did get to. In the event that you hear the music, it will stop soon. It's just a little error going on. Oh, it's still playing it. No. I can't look at that list. Sorry. It was playing (laughs) it to me. Um, It's a feature of Plex when you go into a TV series to look at the list of episodes. It plays the theme tune of that show at you. Oh, okay. It's it's actually quite nice when you're not on a podcast trying to just look (laughs) at which episodes you've not seen. I I did like the music for the show. I did as well. I did. I feel it promised far more action and adventure than you were ever going to get, but I did True. like it. <laughs> the theme tune was a lie, uh, but apart from that, it, it was good. Although there, the, towards the, towards the uh, end of the first season, I think they they were really starting to hurt for money, and so I was watching one episode. Um, oh, it's Space Break, the one with the, the the two guys that fly off and then get crumpled up into a, a giant snowball. Um, I don't know if you recognize the music as they were first flying out, but it was Holst's The Planets. I did. It was Mars, wasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, it, apparently they did a lot of that. Right. It stood out to me because I, I didn't notice, I, I hadn't noticed anything else before like that. Uh, but it, yes, it was that used several times. To be fair, it, it's a piece of music that's begging to be used in space science fiction. True. True. And you know, back in '75, it probably wasn't wasn't as well known as now in the internet age, when people can listen to stuff all over the place. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now there is one thing I really wish I had a time machine for, and this is something we're going to encounter. We encountered this a little bit in in, uh, in the Twilight Zone too. I would like to go back to the '60s, '50s, '60s, and '70s, and grab every writer of science fiction, whether it be books or magazines or comic books or TV or movies, and slap them across the face twice and tell them that universe and galaxy do not mean the same goddamn thing. Do they mix that up? I hadn't noticed. Yeah, like, oh, we're, we're, you know, we're in a different universe now. It's like, no, you're not. 
Yeah, you're also you just, not in another galaxy. <laughs> the, this, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of dubious science, isn't there? Yeah. It's, they, they clearly didn't have the consultants that they later had on like Next Gen and things like yeah. that. Because um, most of it was just rubbish. Uh, I, Although I will give them credit. They did at one, one point, they did say, we are billions of miles from Earth. Yeah. Which that was, all right, good. <laughs> you got the B in there. I'm impressed. <laughs> they did pretty well with that, yeah. Um, they, they survived. They had, knew a lot about what was going on for them with the equipment that they had. I, I feel yeah. like, you know, it seemed very much like they were kind of set up for what they were doing. When instead, they were actually just a dump site for waste. Yeah. And why? so why would they have all these scanners and sensors and be able to scan other planets and things like that? Why would that exist? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I also kept trying to... to justify any problems like with Alan being a hothead and an asshole and Helena being a waste of skin and, and uh, you know, stuff like that being, this wasn't a crack crew put on the, the flagship of the Federation to go out and explore. These are just the folks who happened to be on the moon at the time. Everything went to shit. Um, That's true. And that never really occurred to me that, yeah, they, they, they aren't off on a mission. So yeah. it is just who's there. Uh, that said, I think they're all too good to be there. Um, <laughs> for you know, it's th- this is essentially just like the people working at the dump site. Why do they even have a commander? Why yeah. you know? There, there's so many questions. Why is there a, like a, a a doctor who can provide surgery and things? You know, you it's maybe a medic, but you know nothing more than that, perhaps. Um, the more we talk about it, the premise is really flawed. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, there were rumors uh, either last year or a couple of years ago that they were they were thinking about trying to reboot the series, and I haven't heard anything since. Uh, and I really don't know how they would do it because only the naivete of the seventies would allow this kind of thing to to have been even remotely successful. Maybe because it falls apart once you talk about it for an hour. So yeah. that's the, your first meeting, maybe. After somebody says, we should do a reboot of this, let's have a meeting about it. And then they get together and talk it through. It's like, yeah, this, there's no way this works. <laughs> yeah. Although you call it Space 2099. I believe that was, well, let me, let me see if I can find it. Um, that's, that's clearly where you start. And maybe they're a lunar research space instead and maybe they're researching something that explodes and causes them that's much more believable okay on uh blaster we've got a a, an update from the long delayed space 1999 reboot from last year january 2014 uh and it is space 2099 um Military research base, because then they can have weaponry as well. That's what you make it, a military research base. And then you can even have, then you can have interplay between like military and civilian characters. And maybe the military characters don't want to tell the civilian characters what it was that caused the explosion in the first place. 
Hmm, that could be. Well, here's what the uh, what the. Uh, Hang on, uh, I need to write all this, this down. I am coming up with some <laughs> television gold here. Uh, Jace Hall, who is the executive producer, or would be, will be, whatever, says, Space 2099's goal is not to attempt to retell the specific story of Space 1999. We're not trying to make some dark and gritty version of Space 1999. There is no reason to retell the Space 1999 story since we already have Space 1999. How many times can we say the fucking title? However, through... (laughs) However, through our new story and presentation, Space 2099 hopes to rekindle and remind fans of those memories of a show from 35 years ago, but more importantly, help bring back to all science fiction fans that sense of awe, fear, and incredible spectacle that is the unknown, unexplored universe. It is important that we endeavor to bring something new and exciting to the table. That'd be a nice change. Uh, Space 2099 is more serialized in story than Space 1999. However, that was a year ago. And uh, nothing has happened. I haven't heard anything yet. I think they're still trying to find someone to. uh, Well, let's see. They've got a website. See if they found uh, someone who's going to. You know what, though? (laughs) What what is the current state of TV sci-fi in 2015? It's It's not good. No, it's well, it's it's skewed now to the uh, to the fantasy, to the the fairy tales and superhero uh, stuff. Yeah. Because there, you know there was the, the there was Warehouse Thirteen and Eureka, but those both shut down two years ago, and I didn't particularly care for them. No, um, you, you know they were Eureka ran a season two, Martin. Yeah, I think. I mean, they were fun, but they just couldn't figure out what they wanted to be. They were too serious to be comedies and too silly to be dramas, and and they just never really neither show really clicked for me. Yeah, now I'm with you on that. Um, so I, yeah, I, the only show I've seen in the last five years that I really liked was uh, Terra Nova, and it only got one season because it was too expensive. Right, didn't see that. I haven't seen that at all. Um, so it, maybe it's just difficult to get sci-fi made at the moment. It's expensive, you know, and in this age of reality TV, which is dirt cheap, I think you know people don't want to take a risk. Fair enough. Maybe maybe Netflix will come to our aid at some point. That's the hope that you know there there was the, there, there's been this long running campaign to try to get Netflix to pick up Enterprise for a fifth season, which will never happen. No god. Um, no. Uh, the, you know there's there's still the the you know people holding out hope that Firefly is going to come back, and they just all got trolled mightily in the last week on Facebook. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, uh, um, um, is it um, Alan Tudyk and? Uh, no, 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 not that. That's real. That's All right. uh, Alan okay. Tudyk and, and uh, Nathan Fillion are trying to crowdsource a uh, a show about basically Alan Tudyk and Nathan, Nathan Fillion. Right, okay. Um, they will make their money for that. Yeah, oh yeah. I guarantee it. But uh, but it's it's going to be like a web sh- a web series, you know, 10-minute episodes. It's not anything that's going to that's going to be significant, I'm afraid. Right. Um but uh you know, I I can't say that I wouldn't watch a reboot of Space 1999. Uh, I'd certainly give it a chance. Oh, yeah, I'd watch your um, pilot. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, after that, it's up to whoever makes it as to whether I'm going to watch the rest of it. But the concept is sound. It I is. Would. And I'm sure there's ways around. The, I'm sure you could make it 
make it work in a way that wasn't that wouldn't be quite so all right we're going to just forget everything we know about physics and reality and just yeah. and just go with it um it, it could be doable i, I yeah. really think it could be doable and I'd, I'd like i would give it a go like we say i'd definitely give it a go and maybe netflix maybe amazon didn't they make a sci-fi series with halle berry or something amazon? yeah can't remember what it was called. It was apparently terrible. I shall look up her IMDb and hope it shows on there. Yeah, that that, that doesn't sound familiar. Um, How are we spelling Hallie? H-A-L-L-E-Y. Uh, uh-huh. I know that they're getting ready to do a couple of... Uh, they're they're doing a, a well they've got the the agent carter stuff um extant that was it sorry e- oh. e- extant the x t a n t oh i never heard of that that yeah. may be significant <laughs> i didn't watch it all i know is uh, tristan didn't like it oh no it's on cbs yeah cbs uh over yeah, here yeah, over here it was on. And is that Kevin Klein? No, that's not Kevin Klein, is it? No. I think she's the only name in it. Huh. Kevin, Kevin Klein hasn't done anything I've seen for a long time. Season 2 premiere date. Oh, it's still on, looks like. Yeah. Oh. Turns July 1st. How do I have not heard of this show? But yeah, we've, we've kind of gone back into this sort of, you know, alternate reality, Earth happening now, superpowers, mysterious stuff again. Kind of almost X-Files meets, you know, Marvel. Yeah. We haven't had a good space-based space based show in a long time. We haven't. We haven't. We really haven't. And I think Star Trek might have been the last good one. And Enterprise um, was the last credible one. Well, well, Battlestar Galactica, the, the reboot, oh, yeah. which you haven't you haven't seen, so only even well, that is no, I've seen the reboot. I've seen seasons one to three, and then got bored. Yeah, and then everyone goes, "You mean you didn't watch season four? Like, yeah, didn't watch it. I, I can't some, blame you. Yeah, had someone tell no, me I what stuck, the end was. Yeah, I stuck it out. I didn't hate the ending as much as well. You know, we talked about this on the Starbase. You know, I, I didn't hate the ending as much as some folks did. I think that it took. It, it kind of it took some balls for for Michael or Michael Moore no Ron Moore <laughs> to do what he did. Um, yeah, I'm not going to spoil it if folks haven't seen it, but uh, you know it's Marmite. By the way, I've tried Marmite. I hate it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> That's the right answer. <laughs> you either love yeah, it. Boz, Boz or you hate some it. Marmite chips, or they were like Marmite rice cakes. I think I told you that on Shaft. Yeah, they're I finally nasty, tried them. Oh my god. And, death in a bag. <laughs> yeah, they'll be nasty. I need to get you some proper mar- no, you don't like it. It's fine. I, it's I fine. can buy it here. I, I just don't want to. <laughs> yeah, that's that's reasonable. That's reasonable. <laughs> the people who go, I'm not but I can take it or leave it. It's like, no, you've misunderstood. Um, you're supposed <laughs> to love it or hate it, and you will pick one of those, or I will wail on you until you do. <laughs> uh, Can't be doing with those people. 
We haven't talked about it yet. I, I, I really enjoyed seeing Leo McKern. You know, the funny thing is, I am so positive that I know Leo McKern from somewhere other than The Prisoner and Space 1999. But I look at his, his resume and I don't. But he's just, he is so familiar to me and I can't figure out why. He's been in so many things. He's just kind of a constant of my lifetime in, in television, to be honest. Yeah, but, but he's not in mine. And I, but he, every time I see him, I'm like, oh, that guy. And then I look at his IMDb list and I'm like, I have no reason to say, oh, that guy. <laughs> I, I've been like that with a couple of people on this show, actually, where it's, I've had that. I, I'm damn sure I know you from somewhere. And then you look them up and it's, no, you don't. You don't. It's, it's so weird. I was yeah. quite pleased that I spotted Julian Glover, though. He looked very different. As did... I, I, as did... Uh, the, the words have gone. Christopher Lee. Oh, well, Christopher Lee, I... I well, he was in, the, he was in the, the opening credits. Um, but uh, I, I would have spotted him anyway. But... Oh, shit, that was Julian Glover. Okay, I just... I just had to look him up. That's why he seemed familiar to me. Yeah. Okay. He, he was in The Child, which was later done with Deanna Troy a little bit better. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah. Yes, it was. Or no, Alpha, Alpha Child. That's what it was. Yeah. But he, Child of Alpha, something like that. He was almost James Bond. He's in Game of Thrones, Indiana Jones, Empire Strikes Back, being in loads uh-huh. of stuff. Yeah, he's been all over the place. Um. Thank you. Yeah, he was in several. He told Darth films. Vader he could begin his landing. He did. He did indeed. <laughs> and 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 what a good landing it turned out to be. Indeed, everything went swimming. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to hope for his sake that his at at was blown up. <laughs> you do, don't you? You do. God, I'm just looking up Leo McKern now to see what else I think he's been in. Oh, he died in 2002. HG2. Yeah. Oh, that's. Oh, that's not bad. That's. I, I don't expect to make it to 82. I'll be perfectly honest with you. So I'm always I'll, impressed. I'll be with... stunned if I make it that far. Yeah. yeah. So I'm. See, Rumpole of the Bailey was a long running thing here uh, from 78 to 92. Can't claim to have ever seen an episode of it. But. I wonder. Oh, Lady Hawk. That's where I know him from. Have you ever seen Lady Hawk? No. It's actually not a bad movie. Uh, well, all right. This is me saying it, having not seen it in probably 20 years. Matthew Broderick. Yeah, I know of this film. It, it's, it, it's kind of a schmaltzy romance, but it's, it's got um, uh, Rucker Howard before we found out what a dick he is. Uh, and, oh, is it? Um, Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, quite a cast list actually yeah Matthew Broderick is awesome and okay that's why I know Leo McKern in in that and Alfred Molina is in there as well oh cool is Rutger Howard a dick what's the I didn't know about that uh, everything I've heard is that he is one of the worst people to try to work with all right okay Uh, just a a major pain in the ass Uh, and, and is you know very rude and mean to his co to his coworkers and stuff. Just not a nice guy, right? Um, which which bums me out because I love a lot of his movies. Um, but 
But it, it, Matthew Broderick, one of his first starring roles. Uh, it, it's a it's a really fun mo- fun movie, and uh, and McKern is is a lot of fun in it. It the the basic concept is you've got uh, these two people uh, who are have been in love forever, uh, but they've been cursed that one by night is a wolf and the other by day is a is a hawk. Right, and they they're 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 basically they uh, they've been cursed so that they they will never see each other as people except for like a split second at sundown uh then at night she's a person and the wolf is always with her and by day he's a person and the, the hawk is always with him and matthew broderick is this this young thief who gets mixed up in all of this and leo mckern is the is the the monk who has been tending both of them forever right and uh it's 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 a sweet movie yeah that sounds it sounds nice it, it, you've certainly watched worse. <laughs> Sounds like a nice Sunday afternoon Easterish kind of movie that it is. And, and it, I think it's one that both you and Allison could watch together and both of you get something out of. Right. Cool. I might, I might look um, that up at some point. So I think that's, that's probably why McKern is so familiar to me. Fair enough. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, do we have anything else to say about uh, Space 1999? All in all, just to sum it up, I I did not hate this show at all, and it I have I had nice things to say about it, and and stand by them now after discussing it. It's far from perfect, but it's also far from bad. Um, and I I don't know if I could sort of recommend it to somebody as such, you know, like. Oh, you should go out and watch Space 1999. I'm not sure you should necessarily, but if you're a bit of a geek like us and you've got some sense of wanting to experience as much of this genre as you can, this isn't going to be a terrible bit to walk through. There. No. That, that sums it I, up, I think. I, I think a lot of my <coughs> negativity towards the show comes from having loved it so much as a kid because I didn't really understand it well enough. And then finding that it's, it's a bit of a slog. Yeah. Um, and it, it's got everything going for it. The, the, you know, like I said, it's visually amazing, especially for 1975, uh, fantastic performances, but there's just something missing. There's, there's a spark missing that I wish was there. And I think that's why I wouldn't mind seeing a reboot of it. I think the, the, the concept is sound with a little tweaking for, for, you know, the, the fact that we're a little more scientifically savvy nowadays, mm-hmm. but, uh, I, I, I don't think my dislike of it or, you know, all of my notes are negative for the most part. I even like forced myself to write something positive and it was like, Eagles are still awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think it's just it's just a matter of this was a big thing for me when I was eleven, uh, and it it doesn't really hold up that well after after thirty years. Uh, but I think you should watch it if if you're a science fiction fan and you want to see some of the foundations of of uh, modern television science fiction. Um, 
you don't have to watch the whole thing. Don't watch every episode because there's no through line. There's no need to watch everything. Um, you know, pick a handful, put, pick, pick a dozen of them, pick 10 of them, pick eight of them, whatever. Just see what was going on in the seventies. I think a lot of the show was, was informed by the fact that this was, uh, towards the end of the Vietnam war. Uh, and everybody was just miserable and depressed and unhappy. And I think that's part of what's reflected in the show. That's part of why star Wars worked so well. Uh, if you, if you watch any of the, the, the making of, uh, documentaries on star Wars, uh, yes, star Wars. And I'm talking episode four, a new hope if you know, if yeah. you have to, yeah. um, Despite the fact that it's a, it's a lot of fun and it's visually amazing, the story is pretty simplistic, but it's kind of, you know, it's, it's well paced. Uh, you know, it's a good movie on its own, but it also hit at exactly the right time when the world needed some hope. Because things were so bleak and so unpleasant and, and so you turn on the news and there was just nothing but full color coverage of the Vietnam War and that had never happened before. Yeah. You know, so we're we're talking a time a time period in history here, where misery was standard and it was starting to become entrenched. And I think this show kind of reflects that, unfortunately. Whereas Star Trek managed to to kind of stay away from that while still commenting on it. But of course, Star Trek was at the beginning of this whole thing. Star Wars was right after all of this, but Space nineteen ninety nine was locked right in the middle of it. And so I'm kind of talking myself out of being mad at this show. <laughs> um, you know, I think that if this show was done in a more optimistic time period, I think it might have been a lot more fun. But I don't think it's it should be dismissed either. I think it's an important part of science fiction history. Yeah, I, I agree. Totally. Well, that's Space 1999. Okay. Yeah. So... I've got a couple of ideas for, for what we should do next. Okay. I'm um, totally open. Okay. I was thinking either, and, and it doesn't, well, it doesn't have to be either or, but for the next one, either or, uh, <clears throat> season two of the outer limits, which begins with William Shatner's cold hands, warm heart. Right. Or, uh, and, and I, I'm actually a little leaning more towards the or because I've never seen this and I've kind of always wanted to, uh, Blake seven. Blake seven. I think that might be another tough one. Really? Yeah. I think it might be. Oh, I don't know. I've never seen it either, but I've never felt like I wanted to. Okay. I've, I've never particularly wanted to either, but it keeps cropping up as, as a thing. Yeah. Um, well let's go with the outer limits then. Let's, let's, let's cleanse our palates with something we know is going to be good, but let's not watch all 36 episodes. Oh, that's fine. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That's a lot of episodes right there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause I, I was just like, our last show was in January. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we need to streamline this a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, get, do you want to pick some or shall we both just watch random ones? Um, or what would you like to do? How about we, yeah. How about we just each watch, uh, let's see if there's, if there's, th- all right, let me, let me look it up. Um, Thank you. 
the uh, yeah, 63 to 65. Now, season two, 64 to 65. Hey, that's the year I was born. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. The second episode is Cold Hands, Warm Heart. But, uh, wait, what? There's only 17? No, that can't be right. Really? All right, hang on. Let me check IMDb. Wikipedia is saying there's only 17 episodes from the season two. All I right. Thought I, I thought I saw that there were like 30. I should go. Um, oh, hang on. There's only two seasons listed on IMDb. Oh, really? Yeah. How many? Oh, wait. No, that's not. Are you sure you're looking at the, at the original? Yeah. There was a remake in 1995. Yeah, this is the 63 oh. to 65. You are absolutely correct. Um... Season two. Why does it say so, how many there are overall? I'll cut all of this. Clearly. <laughs> yeah, there's only there's only like 17 episodes. All right, well, that's not too bad, is it? What the heck? Let's just watch them. Okay. I'm assuming okay, they're on Netflix. I, uh, let me see. I found them on I, I found them on Hulu. Okay. Um I believe I can do Hulu. Okay. I, I, I'm going to test it right now. I even have Hulu bookmarked. Okay, yeah, I, I checked both of them to make sure that they were available somewhere. Blake Seven's only on YouTube, but it's all on YouTube. Um, I think eventually we'll have to do it. But yeah, I, I was kind of hoping I wanted to do something good. <laughs> something that we'd actually enjoy after, after Space 1999. Right, yeah, I can get onto Hulu. Okay. So that's fine. Cool. It's the same thing that lets me access Netflix, which is oh, pretty sweet. handy. Um, the only drag with Hulu is it's got commercials. You got to put up with ads, but yeah, that's true. Well, I might get it pisses me off because we pay to watch it and we still have to put up with ads, but we're only paying eight bucks a month. So I suppose I shouldn't bitch too much. But is it more than me. is it more than Netflix? No, Netflix is about eight bucks a month too. It's five ninety nine here, so that's. Probably about it's right. It's about the same. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I really, I, I finally there, there was there was some weirdness with my my iTunes. I finally got to listen to the top five, the the two top five shows in the oh, last couple of days. Yes. Really enjoying it. Awesome. Thank you. We've done another one tonight. Sweet. Um, I don't. I genuinely don't know what they are until Casey tells me what it is on the show. Um, <laughs> so I have. I'm now at the point where I get excited to find out what it's going to be. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving the machine. <laughs> it, it's a spectacular thing. It really it is. is. It takes up a lot of room over here, but <laughs> I'm glad we got it. I will continue the pretense that it's a real thing. Oh, I, I you know, when, when in your first episode and, and you know, please cut this out. If uh, yeah, it, when I actually was buying it up until, you guys started it. <laughs> I was like, how could, cause you said it came from Japan. I'm like, they'll do anything over there. Yeah. And then the sound of the diesel engine kicking in. I was like, all right, this is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I do a different one for every week. And so I would, yeah. I always love getting the chicken noise in there as well. <laughs> that specifically is always my favorite little sound effect again. There's got to be a chicken squawking getting away. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's that. Anyway, we should 
So we'll do the Outer Limits season two next time. So if you okay. want to watch, if you want to watch along at home, you want me to wrap this one up? Yeah, we should. Yes, please, by all means, do so. Okay. So, folks, we would love to hear from you uh, and and uh, anything you have to say about this show or about Space nineteen ninety nine, your memories or stuff. You know, we're on uh, you know the 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 Sinners Lounge on Facebook. Um, you can. Do we have an, an email address for this show yet? I think we do. Although we will in 30 seconds if we don't. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so, let, do you know what? Let's call it RGA. No. What's a good email address? RGGB. RGGB. Simply syndicated.com. Sounds good. Yeah. That oh, works. By from, the way, another, another thing to edit out. Um, this show isn't on the face on the, the simply syndicated uh, homepage yet. It doesn't, it doesn't show up in the show's menu. Oh, right. Okay. Right. I can get that sorted immediately as well before I forget. In fact, that means that a couple of the other new shows probably don't as well. In fact, yeah, I'm now remembering I need to add things to that menu. So of course, none of them show up. That's a Richard problem. Okay, you're, you're breaking up like crazy, but yeah, uh, I, realize I think I got now, the, the gist of that. Yeah, as I'm going to web pages, they're not loading, so something's wrong somewhere. Okay. Um, so, folks, we'd love to hear from you. Also, please go to simplysyndicated.com if you haven't been there already and check out everything that's there, Simply Everything, so you can hear Simply Everything. Uh, it's like uh, like Netflix or uh, uh, Amazon.com for Simply Syndicated. Uh, there are tons of shows there, uh, movies you should see. Uh, make it so. The Star Trek podcast is awesome, and uh, Rich is wonderfully sharing the early years of, of Make It So with us again. Uh, Atomic Trivia War 9000, which is one of my all-time favorite podcasts. We've got Nerd Hurdles, Masters of None, uh, White Star 5, The Babylon 5 Show, uh, World 1 Stage 1 about video games, Tech It or Leave It, about all things telephone. <laughs> For those about to rock, who are the hardest working <laughs> people on Simply Syndicated these days. They, are, uh, they do, do so well. To- it, it's, I mean, they're cranking one, what, two a week now? <laughs> it, seems... it feels like it, doesn't it? It's like every time I open my, my t- turn on my computer, there's another For Those About to Rock coming out. It's great. Um, yeah. And, and they're, it's a fantastic show. It's all about metal, metal music and, and, and stuff like that. I just threw up the horns, and you can't even see me do it. Yeah, uh, it do it, ask, do tell? Yeah, that's, we've got a new one of those out soon. Awesome which is the LGBTQ LSMFR uh, podcast. Uh, go to SoundCloud, listen to the shows there. Go to, is, is ACAST still a thing? Yeah, ACAST is still a thing. ACAST is still a thing. Um, you know, we're all over the place. We would love to hear from you, and we love you to hear us. So thank you for tuning in. Rich, thank you for another really fun show. You're very welcome, sir. Thank you. And, and we will see you all again really soon. Take care and bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>